It is Friday after a really long and great week. Um, it's June 24th, if you didn't know about it. Today we're going to talk about the balance between innovation and legislation. Need a catchy little rhyme for a Friday. Yeah, that's everybody's like, oh boy, I can't wait. We're talking about legislation on a Friday. Let's go. A couple of light <laughs> topics for your drive into work. I know everyone wakes up thinking about how can I think more deeply about legislation. Actually, there's a big group of people <laughs> that wake up in the morning and they think, how can I think more deeply about legislation? And those are happen to be very, very important people to the automotive industry. They really are. You know, uh, if you listen to the podcast already from Thursday, you know that one of the primary things that NADA is actually doing is not trying to throw a massive conference every year. But they do a great job at that. They do a great job. <laughs> not hosting 20 groups, and they do a great job they at that. They do a great job at that, too. Actually, the thing that they're doing more often that has more staff dedicated to it is actually fighting on behalf and working on behalf of dealers and OEMs and even the political landscape to make sure that legislation is in place that protects the dealer, the OEM, and the consumer. It's it's a really interesting thing that I think, and, and, and rightfully so, Mike said this yesterday, that they don't put on a pedestal. They don't shout from the rooftops because it does. It, it, it has to have a lot of people playing and working together. And it's that like ground game in the background, making sure that things are happening on a, on a regular basis to make sure just everything stays moving in the right direction. Yeah. No, it, there, I have to admit, coming to this and spending you know several days in the room with Mike Stanton and the Virginia Auto Dealer Association, and I'm sure... Most auto dealer associations, their primary role is legislation, right? Yeah. Even the state associations, right? At the state level, right? And that feeds up in. And, and I have to admit that my balance has been calibrated between innovation and legislation. You and I get to roll with a lot of the most progressive thinkers in the business, right? right? And, and they're always looking over the horizon. They're trying new things. They're embracing new technologies. You got Brian Benstock traveling all over the world trying to get like the, the tip of the spear, right? What's going on everywhere else? So very, very broadly thinking about the industry. So it's easy for me to lean into the innovation side. Let's, let's do things differently. Let's make some trouble. And but I know I know the yeah, legislation and, and, and especially as marketers and as people that love technology oh and we're gosh. thinking blockchain and NFT we're and on social media. Know, how can you do all of that? You know, creators that that's where we just like naturally move to. Right, break right? new ground. How can yeah. we break new ground? And there's been a bit of conviction put in me this week that I've been out of balance on the legislation in innovation. You know pendulum right yeah. it's been swinging too far to one side and i need to come to a more moderate position because realizing that usually being in the room with the innovators right it's easy to downplay the the legislative side of it yeah because like the consumers want change and all this right so it's easy to say let's give them what they want however the balance on the other side the legislative side and the people paying attention to that can I realize they can look at the innovators and be like, yo, y'all need to slow down for a second and realize there's going to be no platform by which you can innovate on if it's pulled out from under us. Yeah. You know, I, as you're talking about that, I think about, you know, I have a six-year-old son. And when my six-year-old son gets to a park, his first thought is how do I get to the top of anything and do something <laughs> that nobody else is. He's like, dad, 
I'm going to slide down that slide way different than anybody has ever hit that slide in their life. I'll probably do like a run, jump, spin, you know. He's like, hold my chocolate milk. And and I'm like, like, whoa, 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 whoa. There's some guidelines to make yeah. sure that you don't get killed, right? And th- that's that's kind of this. Uh, that I'm I'm seeing that in this. Hey, we have to have kind of like the roadmap from just an ability to conduct business in order to even do those things like to be in the metaverse, right? Because yeah. there are legal things that have to happen to make sure we can conduct business well in the metaverse, right? Yeah. There are legal things that have to happen to make sure that DMVs can structure themselves so that we can do digital transactions. Across state lines. Right. Too. I we mean, we like, talked we to just... some people from Dealer Track that were saying, like, that is a major issue that we're trying to solve, but it's so hard because every state deals with it differently, right? You know, another another element to that is uh, I think I don't know if it was Don Hall, um, or somebody that said one of the days we were here. He said that um, you know auto dealers like the Teslas, the Carvanas, they're not the disruptors; they're actually the new entrance. Yeah. To to the business. The dis- that was Mike Schrapp. Okay, yeah. Mike Schrapp, and the dealers have been the ones that have been literally disrupting and innovating this whole time, like the last hundred years. And yeah. You know, spending time in Asheville where Henry Ford and Thomas Edison were hanging out, right? <laughs> just, just they, they weren't, they were innovating, Absolutely. right? And so kind of repositioning that saying the, the innovators have been retail auto dealers and how to provide the country with a reliable transportation network, um, reliable servicing of their vehicles. And, and basically the goal is the new entrants come in without any rules, right? Because it's new and it's fresh. He says, we, he was like, we need them to just play by the same rules. And, and so that kind of recontextualized for me too. Like the legislation is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. You should be regarded the same way. Your zoning should be put in the same place, right? We can't give you different rules that you can operate on because right. auto dealers are still bound by these legislative rules. So really protecting the boundaries of like the fair game. Yep. Almost. Well, and, but the innovators would say sometimes understanding that, um, that there are rules that were in place because of one thing or another that might need to be shifted and changed, yes. right? Yes. And I think that that's what an innovator says. It says, you know what? That rule was in place, and I see that there was good value in it at the time. And maybe that's, that's the piece or that's the one that has to be shifted or changed in order for us to progress. Yeah. Right? Because the, really the consumer is driving the desire for something different. And, and that's, I think that's kind of the bow you can wrap on the whole conversation is that the consumer desire for something different for a different way for to be able to do it in the way they want it, how they want it is actually what's steering the shift because people typically don't innovate things that nobody wants. Right. Right. The innovation is usually driven by consumer desire, consumer demand. So I think we could, as an industry, be very careful knowing that the stigma, knowing that people's perception of us as an industry, right. It's a generalization. Yes. But still, the perception of retail auto dealers as being someone who is not for them, it's, it's we, you and I had this conversation. If the general consumer was in the room, you know, mm. while we were talking about legislation, the mentality would probably, their walk away would probably be, see, this is part of the problem. Whew. Right? And that's just true that's, talk. That's a hard pill to swallow. It is, but I think, I think it's real. Right? And I don't think that's the intent but I think that could easily be the perception because 
Remember, consumer demand and consumer desire is what is driving the innovation. Why the innovators are the new entrants are popping up and have a place in the market, obviously, right? So, I, and and we I need think, to walk that fine like, line. We see it as our job, and we think that it's the the job of the entire automotive industry to recontextualize that conversation in a story perspective to the consumer. Yeah. Right. Yes. And and that's that's the that's that's the brand of auto. Or that's the brand of any retail industry that has to be set, right? Like you think about, you know, whenever you group an industry together, like the real estate industry or the auto industry or the mortgage lending industry or the whatever, you know, the housing industry, yeah. there, there are, there's a brand that every industry carries that is more global and more or more national than the individual brands within it, yeah. right? And they're, they're always, you know, either working together or working to overcome the, each other, right? Yeah. Like, I think of even realtors. And I know incredible realtors in Nashville that are, that are amazing. And there is also, there are other, like, global brands of the quote-unquote realtor that are trying to be shaken up, right? You think of Redfin and Zillow trying to go direct to consumer and, yeah. and being that middleman because they're saying, like, it's don't deal with a realtor, yeah. uh, you know, 1%, right? But... But then you think about the, the the local, and it's like, no, I need my realtor to help me with 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 this process. And so, the, whenever a, a global brand is competing with a local brand, until you get alignment on that, that's a great example, right? You don't you don't actually progress forward and and make it so that the consumer believes in the whole thing. We actually talked a little bit with Mike Stanton about Man, that. that that's know? such a great example because the global brand is more likely to say all the consumer wants is this. Right. They want it cheaper and faster. And the local realtor is like, all the consumer wants is to feel good about what they're doing because they're scared because they're about to buy a big thing and obligate themselves for 30 years. Yeah. And it's just the absolutist thinking on both of those is wrong. Yes. It's wrong. I have Bingo. A, another great example came to mind. Um, I have a, a good friend who owns um, kind of a, a very forward thinking collections agency. Right? Do you think collections agencies have a bad rap? Oh man! Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right. Like those people are the worst of the worst. Why? Well, because you have predatory collections agencies. Yes. But actually, his agency is thriving, and it's designed around being very empathetic and being very pleasant on the phone and being helpful. Because he said this: he goes, "Most people want to settle their debt. Most people want to do that. There's wow. just it's just too hard to do it, and it's too aggressive. And it you know, and so they're developing technology, and they're working on." You know, they have a whole legislative arm that they lobby for. And he gave me an example. He said, and I think it was ne ne is in Vegas he was talking about, Nevada. Um, either way, he said they just passed a law because um, a politician kind of like said, hey, collections agencies suck, right? And people rally behind him with pitchforks, you know, and torches. Yeah, and they're right. like, let's, let's take them down. And now a hospital, say there's a hospital debt, they are unable to contact the people that have the debt, meaning instead of going to a collections agency that, that can actually act as a mediator, now their only recourse is a lawsuit. No so, way. So now instead of going through like not having all these options taken away from them, which were done in the name of consumer protections, their only option is to just massively start filing, you know, like lawsuits against these people. So they're going to get, they're not even going to get a call from maybe a nice friendly collections agency. Hey, how can we settle this? They're going to get a legal call. They're going to get a legal, they're going to get a letter and a summons. Right. They're going to get a letter and a summons. And who's going to win in that battle? 
Yeah, and just think of what that does for the courts. It clogs the courts. Oh, and so wow. I think that's a great example of yep. like how legislation, because you know people think one thing, is actually really in their worst interest. Yep. And so, so really what it is is it's contextualizing for the consumer why both working on the innovation, the actual consumer experience, the actual interaction on the ground floor is just as important as working on how to protect them from yes. a legal standpoint. Yes. But you have to contextualize both stories, both on the ground level, the regional level, and the national level. So I guess a good question to ask on Friday, right? Going into the weekend, um, you had a lot of things come at you this week, a lot of thoughts, right? A lot of things going on in your business, good things, bad things, challenging right. things, et cetera. What side do you benchmark on? Do you lean toward the innovation side and know like, oh, that's me. Yep, I'm always looking over the horizon and I don't pay attention to the legislation. Or is your battle cry every morning when you wake up like, let's legislate our way to success. Whatever side it's on, right? Very few people are going to be balanced in the middle. Let's make this an opportunity to start to learn a little bit about the other side and move toward the middle because the middle is honestly the only way retail automotive can win. And yep. we fully believe we can, right? We talk about this all the time. Like, there's no reason we shouldn't. It is our game to lose. Absolutely. And and I would say, like, practical steps, if you're not involved in your dealer convention, whether you're, a, you know, whether you're a salesperson or an owner, do that at the at the local level, at the regional level, right? And also, if you're not, you know, paying attention to retail or retail automotive or outside of retail and looking at digital strategies and looking at NADA, digital dealer, coming to a SotoCon, if you're not both of those things and looking outside of your own business to understand what's happening nationally, then just press into something yes. more of that because it will have you help you have eyes further. You know, Liza said like we didn't have uh, the, the a vision for the future that we were so dedicated every single month to the month in month out grind of 30 days that we couldn't have our eyes up enough yes. to know what was coming. And so make sure you can, you know, take care of your business as it is right now, take care of your customers as they are right now, but have a vision for the future that is both innovative and legislative that understands the whole scope of the consumer experience and takes care of the consumer and vendors. You're not off the hook. Yeah. Industry partners. You're not off the hook. If anything, we know that you lean innovation. Yep. Right. So you, we're imploring you to also be a part of the state associations. Go Without out a doubt. And spend some time with the folks that are legislative minded because you need them. You need to understand them so that you can better contextualize your product to what their need is. Yep. And they need you and you need them, right? Like this is industry partners. It's easy to stand in the tower and build in the tech. And yes, maybe they don't understand what it is to run a dev team and be all over the country right. and like why an API matter and all that. Maybe they don't understand that, but that's okay. This is this is on you to understand them more. So you ready? You yeah, ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. OEM representatives. Oh my goodness! This doesn't get you off the hook either. Please, please, this please. This says this means get in the dealers and ask questions go to the the state dealer associations and listen to what's happening ask the consumers alongside the dealers what they want not segmented from that conversation it literally takes all three of those parties collaborating together to serve the customer well to solve the customer experience mm -hmm. and not just to solve the customer experience but to make sure that they are protected when it comes to everything that that it, that it takes to buy a car so it takes literally all of us to make sure that we win. Yeah. So there you go. Let's do a little thought on Friday. 
We're going to be talking about a lot of this stuff at AsotuCon, September 11th through 13th. If you haven't pre-registered, do it, asotucon.com, so we can continue the big, great collaboration. 